Hey everybody, welcome to the You Were Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. I'm your host, Father John. I'm the executive director of Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything that has to do with transforming the church. And as always, I'm here with my good friends, co-hosts, Nick, Mary. Happy Thanksgiving week to you both. Happy Thanksgiving, brothers. Happy Thanksgiving. Father, we're not always on. We had a couple of lapses with uh, Mary and I's presence, <laughs> but those are great conversations. You were in the room, <laughs> but not on. Yeah. So shout out to Commander Haney. It was great to have you with us, brother, uh, last time. And uh, what's our topic tonight? Yeah. Or so today or today, whatever time this today, is. Whatever. <laughs> Today's topic... This week's topic is it's Thanksgiving week, and uh, we're calling this one In Everything Give Thanks, and I, I've been dying to do that. <laughs> thanks, brother. That's just You're uh, killing yourself, a, right? And that's a wrap. <laughs> so have a great Thanksgiving gobble, and gobble, gobble. Oh, man. Such a loser. Okay, yeah. So, oh, no, so it's great. Thanksgiving week. We're talking about giving thanks. And uh, Father John, to talk about this, I think a lot of us are going to need to pray. So let's do that right now. Yeah, let's do that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, good and gracious Father, we come before you right now as your sons and daughters, uh, men and women of all ages, whom you consider so important that you sent your Son on mission so as to rescue us from the powers of sin and death. In this week of all weeks, we ask that you would Help us by the power of your Spirit to know you as our Father, to know Jesus as our Lord and our brother, and to experience the transformation that only the Holy Spirit can bring in our hearts and our minds. Lord, we are desperately in need of your help. For we have a mission in our own lives to play in this world uh, that you've chosen us to be alive in. So heal our own hearts and our minds. Help us to take every thought captive to Christ and to be a, a sign of unity and a means of reconciliation in the world that we live in. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Mm. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, so tee this up for us, Father. Mary's actually like. got a scripture passage, I think, that she uh, had in her mind that she wanted to share, didn't you? Oh, great. I think yeah. Paul has a lot to say about Thanksgiving. And so if, um, if you have your Bibles with you or you want to write this down, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. And Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. But um, when, I, when I hear this, I don't think Paul understands what I'm going through right now. <laughs> that's how it feels, right? We were talking about this beforehand. <laughs> Sappy little scripture passage that has no capacity to relate to our lives, right? Why? Mean, What's going on in your life? Yeah, I mean, I, like like all of us, right? I mean, this is personally, we've all talked about how it's been a tough week. There's been a lot going on. I'll say. Um, I mean, there's a lot going on, like in the world and in the church, and even just personally. The Carrick report just came out. The Carrick report. We're on lockdown again. Lockdown. Contact <laughs> tracing in Michigan. Oh, you can't eat and cannot dine indoors anymore. Yep. Restaurants closed. Can't have Thanksgiving with mm -hmm. your family. More businesses going out. 
more struggles, you know. Like um, how much more bad news can you pile on the plate? Right. <laughs> the plate's going to break. <laughs> yeah, and even and even just at home, Emily and I have been reflecting on like there's so much going on. It's We feel like the Holy Spirit's inviting us ourselves just to say, okay, like I think we need to do our own, our own little family reset and kind of relook at things given everything mm-hmm. that's happening so we can try our best with the Lord to just stay not optimistic, right? Not to be like silly about it, but just to stay like joyful Enjoy. and in peace and in gratitude because I tell you what, I've, I've lost that a few times in the last several weeks. So if I hear you, it's kind of like, yeah. uh, here, so here's the challenge. This is reality. This yep. is the things I'm going on in my life. These are the circumstances of my life. And scripture really doesn't have a capacity or potential to touch my reality, right? Because scripture is kind of, it's sappy and it's beautiful and it's like kittens and all this kind of stuff, right? I mean, I don't think that, but yeah. No, no, but that's that's the impression that we often get, right? So it's worth looking at. So who is this Paul who says, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice in all things, be grateful. So I'm, I'm going to share a passage with you if I can, just to reflect on it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And so I want us, in, mindful of what, what you just said, Nick. Yes. Let's try to picture what this Paul looks like who just gave this exhortation to us. Because I think here, here's the overall gist of what we feel like the Lord just wants to say to us, right? We feel um, that usually we let circumstances dictate whether or not we're going to be grateful mm-hmm. or joyful. Guilty. Ditto. And Scripture says, no, no, no. In all things... Be joyful and be grateful. That doesn't mean by, be naive. That doesn't mean, you know, like don't have feelings or emotions. But it, it means you control, let the, or rather let the Holy Spirit control how you think and respond regardless of the circumstance. Mm. And I don't know anybody who's able to speak more credibly to this than Paul. So here's what Paul says about himself. This is the Paul who's telling us to rejoice always and to give thanks for all things. He says, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Just just real quickly, try to picture Paul's back. Hmm. He has 195 lashes on his back. Just imagine what that looks like, right? Wait, it goes on. Three times I was beaten with rods. So he's got 195 lash marks on his back. And who knows what it looks like when you've been beaten by rods three times. It goes on. Once I was stoned. As Mary said, and it wasn't on LSD, right? Oh, gosh. Oh, great thing. <laughs> Sorry, I stole your line. It's just a too good a line. Once I was stoned. I said that in private. So, so, here's, so imagine what this man looks like, right? So he's not only been beaten with rods, lashed. They, the people took him out and they stoned him. And they, you know, like, you don't just do, like, a partial stoning. Like, eh, let's just, like, seriously, you know, pockmark him. The people who were stoning him, they walked away because they thought they'd done a good enough job. And they're, and they're used to doing this, yeah, by the way. Th- this is not an uncommon event, right? Yeah. 
And so he's been left for dead. So imagine what Paul's face looks like. It's his back, his face, he's been beaten with rods. Three times I was shipwrecked. Like I was, I was on a cruise in January and we had like mildly rough seas. And that was bad enough. <laughs> he was shipwrecked three times, right? Uh, a night and a day adrift at sea. So he's somewhere in the Mediterranean, floating around on a piece of wood, adrift, no idea whether someone's going to come. There's, like, there's no cell coverage here, right? He doesn't know if someone's going to pick him up. Frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. I hear your problems. Paul's not saying, Nick, suck it up. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's <laughs> he, not saying... He might be. No. <laughs> oh, he might be, kidding. actually. Just <laughs> but, but, but Scripture's not yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. hey, your problems right. aren't real. Mm -hmm. Scripture's going, I get it. Mm -hmm. I get hardship. But he's also testifying to the fact of, no matter the hardship, you can still have joy and you can still give thanks. Mm -hmm. And so we've been talking all week, right, about just the need from, you know, a variety of things going on both, you know, in the country, in the world, with COVID, in our state, our own lives personally. Healing happens when we make the time to just soak in Scripture. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with mm -hmm. the storm at sea, right? Mm -hmm. And here we are again diving into the word of God because the word of God forms it's us, bomb. right? It's bomb for our souls. <clears throat> yeah, it is. It, you know, um, if I can just add to this whole thing with Paul, I mean, Father, we skipped the, the first three words right before 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four. He says, and often near death. Oh, yeah. I, I, I omitted that. Sorry. <laughs> but I, but I just, just want to, like, draw that. I mean, for myself, this, this year... I guess the scripture I could say almost for the year that I've been just chewing on over and over again is when St. Paul says, death is to gain, to live is Christ. And honestly, mm. like, who who better to say death is to gain? I mean, to he literally almost died so many times. He, he, I mean, at, at some point, I, I can only imagine he thought like, Lord, is it, is it time to go home? <laughs> you know, but he's, he's saying to live is Christ, and he's proven it right here. Look what he's gone through. Look what Christ went through. What do we expect? Right. And he was living the Christian life, which tells you like nothing was going to deter him. He knew the Lord. He had confidence in who it is he was serving, who it is he had surrendered to. And these trials, they were like pittances to him. Right. I mean, they didn't deter him from the mission, but I get deterred from the mission really easily, really quickly. Yeah, all the time, right? right. So we often, so again, this is really important. Our feelings and emotions are real. Mm -hmm. So we talked about fear a couple weeks ago. Yep. The exhortation is not don't have fear. The exhortation is don't let fear overwhelm you. Don't give in to it. Let the Lord rule. Right now, for so many of us, there's, because there's so much uncertainty and unrest and whatnot, we're tempted to go, when things calm down, I'll be grateful and I'll be joyful. But right now... I'm a little irritated, I'm a little annoyed, I'm hurt, I'm whatever. Mm -hmm. Scripture says, uh, no, not acceptable. 
And, and one of the things we were talking just before we came on, right, in preparation for this, it's yet another reminder. Scripture, or, or rather, uh, to be a Christian is not for wimps. No, it's tough. That, that whole, you know, like, if you would come after me, and it, mm. it is, there is an if, if you would come after me, you must lay down your lives and deny yourselves. I mean, we have to die to self. And I don't know about you guys, I got a massive ego. I got a lot of temptation to pride. <laughs> I can be very arrogant. I can be very selfish. And all those things have to die. I want to lash out. I want vengeance. I want to defend myself. I want to do all sorts of things. And the Word of God says, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to take every single thought captive to Jesus and you got to let the the Holy Spirit and the peace of Christ rule your heart control your heart and I don't know about you guys but I step out from underneath that rule all too often and the only remedy that I know or the most powerful remedy I know is to just bury myself in the word of God when I'm tempted to be a mess so Father John this just brought up to mind um, one t so Blessed Solanus Casey is mm -hmm. in our backyard right mm -hmm. he's our guy in Detroit and um, he's a porter and I remember one time we were at the conference table we were talking about something somewhat similar to this at a different time and <laughs> you talked about how you ask for his intercession over your mind can you, t can you just say just briefly that I mean I think that's so helpful I've been doing that since yeah so Solanus Casey was this uh, he's worth looking up so very, uh, he was actually a simplex priest. So he was a guy, he was a Capuchin priest, Milwaukee and Detroit, uh, New York as well, uh, maybe some other places. And he was, um, he was thought pretty lowly of by the people who were in charge of him, his superiors, right? And so they didn't give him the, the faculty to preach and you couldn't hear confessions. They just assigned him the task of opening the door at the St. Bonaventure Monastery, which is not too far from our offices here in Detroit. So the guy was a doorkeeper. And he did it so well that he's blessed and he's going to be a saint. And I remember one day praying down there because I go to confession there all the time. And as I was looking at his statue and then the relics, I just felt uh, compelled by the Spirit, I think, to just say, Solanus, would you just be the doorkeeper at my mind? And just, like, don't let into my mind thoughts that are not of God. And open the door when they are. But just stand at the door, just like you did it at this monastery, stand at the door of my mind and help keep out. Because I need help. I can't do this on my own. So I need you to stand there and to keep watch. I think it's uh, one of the, it might be the archbishop. No, no, it was actually my confessor who was down there at St. Bonaventure's too. I think he was probably the one who planted this image in my mind. He says, here's what you do. You, you just pray this way. When temptations come our way. And right now, the temptation for most of us is, is to be very uncharitable in our speech and our judgments of one another. And we use the circumstances of COVID and the election and who knows the McCarrick scandal as the excuse, the justification. And um, so the confessor says to me, uh, when, you, when you're experiencing these thoughts come into your mind, just say, Jesus, Satan is knocking at the door. Would you please go answer it? Mm -hmm. Because if I open the door, he will kick it off the hinge. So please, mm -hmm. you be the one to answer the door. 
and bind him again. Because that's who Jesus is. He's the one who binds the strong man, right? Those mm. are two very helpful images. Mm. I'm reminded when, um, when I was a young mother, I was uh, teaching our daughter scripture verses, and one of the first ones that we memorized together was, uh, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing mm. in your sight. My Lord, my God, my rock, and my redeemer. And that was many, many years ago. And the Spirit still brings that to the fore of my mind when I'm struggling, especially in the morning, like put a guard around my mind right? because right. everything starts there. Right. right? I, I got in the habit much related to that years ago of just I, – I, I pray two prayers before I get out of bed in the morning, and one of them is kind of my own like simplified version of St. Patrick's breastplate. And I just say, Christ be in the eyes of all who see me. Mm in the ears of all who hear me, on the lips of all who speak of me, in the minds of all who think of me, in the hearts of all who love me. Christ go behind me, before me, above me, and beneath me. Christ be my all. Hmm. Mm. If, you're, if you're like hearing this, these prayers, they're crying out to the saints, to God, to our Father for help, mm. but they're also doing something for you like immediately. They're reminding you of the mindset, the eyes, the thoughts that we need to be having as Christians. And so we pray asking for God to, to help us, to be with us, to be in our thoughts, but it's also the, the very words themselves can help us to stay focused. I, and I know we wanted to talk about joy. Father John, I think um, I'm not alone in this. Uh, there's there's a lot of us as, as, as Christians are like, what what is joy? Okay, so if my emotions don't take away my joy and maybe lately a lot of us have a lot of very valid reasons to be all kinds of emotions especially in the church what 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 is what would you say is joy like just really simply what's what's joy that i could not lose it based on the circumstances i'm living in that's a great question i I actually think it's easier to define what it's not i I find i find joy to be a very hard word to define Hmm. so joy is not uh giddiness you know, so I often think in the Gospel of John, Jesus says to the apostles on the night of the Last Supper, you know, on that day, um, or maybe it's not on that day, he says, uh, nothing will take your joy from you. Huh. And, and this is something that Jesus says to 11 men whom he knows are going to be crucified, beheaded, burned alive, thrown off the top of a building, stoned alive. And, and, and yet, he says, no one will be able to take your joy from you. So I, I, I honestly don't know what it is. <laughs> it, it's, it's obviously rooted in the fact that God has done something about the powers of sin and death. And he's going to put everything right. And, and we're about to enter into Advent. And Advent really is, I mean, Advent's obviously a time when we're in preparation for the celebration of Christmas, but Advent is really a time to prepare for the Lord's return. And as disciples, that's supposed to be something that we are eager for. You know, the, the, the cry of the early church was, come, Lord Jesus, make all things new, put it right, put it back together. And, and, and so joy has to do with the confidence Mm-hmm. that this is going mm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And because it's going to happen, and because I know that what I'm going through is not in vain, no matter how hard it might seem, any more than the, cr- the cross of Jesus was in vain. It's the means by which the world was saved, right? So no circumstance that we go through, no suffering that we go through 
is in vain if it's united to that and if it's done with charity. So, you know, I think of Maximilian Kolbe in the starvation bunker in Auschwitz. These are not giddy circumstances. And yet he's leading the other nine men with him hmm. in song. <laughs> They're singing out of a starvation bunker. That's why the, the Nazis go in and they inject him with carbolic acid because this is boosting morale in Auschwitz and they don't mm. want that. Mm. You know, a man condemned to die <laughs> is boosting morale. Paul and Silas, chained to a stake, are singing hymns. You know, like the, the, the saints show us what God's grace is capable of doing in our lives if we'll stop fighting and let the peace of Christ control our hearts. Mm. As I'm listening to you guys speak, I'm thinking about, so it's the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the mm. Holy Spirit. And even though it's a fruit and we have that because the Spirit dwells within us, I think joy is still a choice. <laughs> we still have to choose it. And like you said, Father, it requires extraordinary work and grace to choose that. And as I'm listening to you talk about, you know, Maximilian Kolbe and you know, St. Paul, who could be described as like the apostle of joy. It's like that quiet, abiding assurance that God is in control of every detail of my life, <laughs> especially when things look uncertain and unknown. <laughs> and I think that's when it's really, really hard to choose joy, because right now in the days that in which we live, everything looks uncertain. So we, I think we need to pray. I'm just talking to myself right now. <laughs> We need to pray for the grace to choose joy, regardless of what it looks like, that ultimately every choice, I mean, every, every circumstance God is in. Yeah. So as I'm hearing you speak, I mean, one of the things, I, th I love the fact you mentioned it's a fruit of the Spirit. So just think of a tree. Mm. You don't get insta-fruit. Dang it. I know. I, I want it. I'm an American. Can you go like, grab I want me it now. A can't, Amazon can't buy it off the shelf? It now. That's right. <laughs> It'll be there in two hours. Trees. So we, we want things immediately. So you get a tree, and a tree will be fruitful to the degree, uh, mm. among other things, that it has deep roots. That's and the, the roots are habits. Mm. So you have a habit, Mary, of, of just soaking in scripture daily. You got a habit of soaking in the Word of God. I, you know, thanks be to God, God got me in the habit of reading Scripture every day and just mm. soaking mm -hmm. in it. Like this week, Thanksgiving week, that's one of the habits. If you don't have it, we just want to really encourage mm -hmm. us to enter into because that's how transformation comes. You know, we talk about transformation in the church. Mm -hmm. There's no transformation coming in the church if I don't get transformed personally, <laughs> right? I mean, there's there, we we can't be what we're supposed to be in the world if if I'm not first who it is that God wants me to be. And that's an ongoing work to be sure. But I, I got to I gotta be doing the work or letting the Holy Spirit do the work in me. And so, Mary, you had some real practical things this week, some, some habits to consider doing every day to help us get those roots deep into the ground so that we can choose joy. That whole idea of things we can do every day, this Thanksgiving week of all weeks, you want to just share those, and then that can be a, a, just a way for us to maybe write down some scripture passages and then take to heart this exhortation from Mary. So one of the things we were talking about that might be really helpful is before your day ends every night, before you lay your head on the pillow, get on your knees and try to identify 10 things that you're grateful for 
that day from the largest thing that you're grateful for to the smallest things that you're grateful for. And, and sometimes for me, that's I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head or I have a warm, a warm blanket to cover me or I've got two new kittens at home or my family's well or, or that we've been called to mission or that we're healthy. Just 10 things that you're grateful for and maybe every day this week, do that every night. Yep. You know, 10 things that you're, that you're grateful for. And, and, you know, we've been talking about our love for the Word of God. Um, I, I, it's helpful for me sometimes to do a word study. And so, Nick, I think you're going to kind of talk about, you're going to list some scriptures that people can press into. But I would just challenge all of us, just do a word study on Thanksgiving. Because there's an abundance of goodness in the Word of God around the topic Some of people don't even know how to do that before Nick gives the passages. Like, it, because the technology is just really easy, just like, you know, pick a search engine and go, you know, um, Thanksgiving in the Bible, <laughs> gratitude in the Bible, and you're going to get like all these hits, 50 passages on Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know, 25 passages on, you know, being grateful. I mean, just do that and then just soak in it. But you've got six for us right now. What are they, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have six. And so in addition to those 10 things you're going to write down every night, these, these six passages all bring us front and center this reality to be thankful, to rejoice, to be grateful. And what better time to do this at Thanksgiving? Because... On Thanksgiving Day, as a disciple, if, if, if please God, you can get together some friends and family. <laughs> you just would, don't tell anybody. <laughs> some freedom somewhere. But no, assuming assuming you can do that, or even if you can't, you're just with you know one or two or, or five people or something. You have the option to change the tone of the day because I'm I'm certain if mm. you're anything like me, you're gonna, there's going to be a chance to complain, to moan, to groan and grumble about all the stuff happening, including. Another lion's loss, which we haven't oh even touched gosh. on yet, because that's going to be a Thanksgiving event, too. <laughs> yes, please, God, don't let the Huskers lose again. No. So you're, you're going to have this opportunity to, to have this environment that can just breed itself all day long. And, and, and if that happens, hey, you know what? That's, that's human. At some point, maybe at the dinner, you can just say, hey, all week I've been reflecting on my gratitude, and I would just love at this family meal, maybe you've done this every year, and you can do it again, or maybe this is the first time you're going to say, Let's talk about what we're grateful for. Let's all go around the table, list two or three things we're uniquely grateful for in this year that, are, that God has done or has, or has brought providence in. Okay, so without further ado, the scripture passage is, oh, I should just say the gratitude piece. Help, helps you do what? Keep your joy, right? That's what we've been there talking you go. about. So, Absolutely. So here, here, here it is. So Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Second scripture passage, Colossians 2. Six through seven. I'm assuming you're writing this down. Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Colossians 4, 2. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And then lastly, Hebrews 12, 28 through 29. There's one for Monday to Sunday for you, every day, something to chew on, Beautiful. pray with, Beautiful. put in front of you, maybe right before that exercise of writing down 10 things you're grateful for. Yeah, and, and again, the, the image that Mary had, so before you go to bed at night, or before we go to bed at night, the fruit, if you will, that's going to be our naming 10 things that we're grateful for, the mm -hmm. roots that are going to make possible this fruit to continue to come to bloom are going to be soaking in the nutrient that is the Word of God, huh? Mm -hmm. Maybe I can just end with this. You know, as you were listening to the Scriptures, one of the exercises uh, I used to give uh, to people all the time, like, I, I need things in my mirror. 
So uh, I remember when I was in the seminary, there was a guy, he was a, he's a very high-ranking prelate in the country right now. I won't identify him, um, <laughs> lest to accuse the guilty. But I walked into his room one day in the seminary, and he had this word written on his mirror, and the, it was actually a post-it, mm -hmm. and it said, pray. And I said, uh, what's with the post-it on the mirror? And he goes, oh, the word pray? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, if that's not there, I'll forget. Mm. And I'll go, you'll forget to do what? He goes, I'll forget to pray today. I go, you need a note on your mirror to remind you to pray? He goes, yeah. I went, well, there's honesty and self-knowledge. So if this guy, who's a phenomenal guy, needs a note like that, how helpful is it for us to have notes wherever we go, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to think, I'm just going to remember that, but you and I, Nick, oh, uh, both know that if Mary doesn't write something down, it ain't happening, right? So <laughs> I, I need reminders. So here's, here's another, uh, another thing in addition to what we just uh, suggested. Consider printing Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17, and just sticking it in the corner of your mirror. Like oftentimes you walk into someone's mirror and there's a holy card there or a scripture passage or maybe it's a photo from a vacation or whatnot. Uh, I got people that, uh, you know, I've sponsored over the years, you know, and uh, like children that I've tried to help. I, they're there so I can see them when mm -hmm. I wake up, you know. Print this out and tape it on your mirror. And just every day when you're looking at it, read it and pray with it. Because the way Paul's talking here, he's he's speaking as if these are clothing items that we should be putting on. So many of us are changing in front of a mirror, putting makeup on in front of a mirror. I don't put makeup on in front of a mirror, but many people do, right? Yeah, not us, um, Mary. Not. You do, Mary. Um, <laughs> uh, so it, the idea here is as you begin your day, put these things on. And this is what Paul says. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these... Put on love. This is like that outer coat, huh? Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Mm. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that's, that's the exhortation this week, huh? We have so much to be grateful for. Are bad things happening all around us? Are we facing challenges? You got it. But let the Lord control our hearts and be grateful. Let's plant deep roots in his word. Let's try to manifest some fruit by giving thanks at night. And remember, no matter what's going on, do not be afraid. God is with you. 
and you were born for this. 